This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'm your host, Nick Pete, and I'm back. I'm back from Dallas. I spent the last five days over in Texas with Darren Till, uh, who challenged for the UFC welterweight title on Saturday night. Unfortunately, we came back to the city empty-handed, but what an experience it was for a 25-year-old guy in just his seventh professional, uh, or his seventh UFC outing, I should say, to challenge the 36-year-old established champion in Tyron Woodley. Um, it can only do benefits, it can only do great things for, for Darren Till and his career. Certainly one to look out for. He certainly isn't finished, far from it. He's got another 10 years in this game, and uh, I think we may even say a, push, a continued push at welterweight if not a move up to middleweight. For far more on the Darren Till breakdown, myself and Adam did a podcast this week. Our UFC show is dedicated to everything that went out went on out in Dallas. So if you want to know a little bit more about my trip, uh, pick that up over on iTunes or wherever you usually get your podcast from. It's episode 234 of the Fight Disciples podcast. You can also find it at fightdisciples.com. And our other boxing show this week, our mainstream boxing show, Episode 233 is a full breakdown of Canelo versus Triple G rematch, which touches down in Las Vegas this Saturday night. I am going to have a little bit more on that fight in part three of tonight's show, um, for obvious reasons, because my guest has shared a ring with one of those guys. It is, of course, Mr. Martin Murray. Welcome to the show, sir. Hi, mate. You all right? Looking well, looking in good shape. Nice to see Lee Butler's got you in shape with all this rave fit oh, you're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Smashing it, yeah. Good when um, his next class tonight and... Just been doing a boxing session this morning at the gym, uh, Frankie Preston's gym, Frankie Knuckles. So, so yeah, just kind of like taking over. Not got a date yet, but hoping to get a date soon. But it's looking kind of like end of November, December way. So, so yeah, just um, I think the older you get, mm-hmm. the more you obviously know your body, know how to look after yourself. And I'm in that kind of position now with my life. So, yeah. like looking after myself, you know, a lot more in between fights. My wife... Uh goes to Ray Fit religiously. She goes every Monday night in Walton. You were saying earlier, you've been a couple of times yourself. Yeah. Obviously, from the outside looking in, she was telling me about it, and I was like, I haven't thrown shapes for yeah, 20 years. There's great, no you know. way I'm going to know Ray Fit. But she's, every week she's like, you would absolutely yeah, love it. brilliant. You just honestly, you find it where, obviously, my wife Gemma, she's taught it last week in St. Helens, and she's teaching the one in Warrington tonight, and then Warrington next week. So... I've been doing all moves with her, you know what I mean, to all these little beats that you do and, you know, trying to get the moves right. But then you get, you'll get people who'll go and do, constantly do all the moves. Yeah. And then you'll get, it does an all range, you know, wide range. Of them. So you get people who'll go, who just won't usually go to the gym. Yeah. But they'll go because, you know, they can have a dance about, burn a load of, of calories and have a good time. And right. the, the tunes, the mad type of tunes, so... There's, there's some big tunes in there, so you find out where you, you're doing all these moves, you know, following Gemma or when we've been to Walton past couple of times, you're following the instructor doing all these moves. And then a tune will just come in where it just, you'll just forget just everything. Just break off. Start <laughs> dancing about, letting yourself go. So, so back yeah, in the it's, state uh, and it's 2002. <laughs> Woo! But honestly, it is brilliant. And, uh, you know, I recommend anybody who's who's never done it but have heard about it and there's one local, definitely go. You've got to, got to give it a try. It's great for yourself as a as a professional athlete that you're getting something out of it as well. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, it must be a good like workout. Say, it yeah, be. it is. I've been... Uh, my wife was telling me, I was like, come on, you're just no, going to go and listen blowing, to... you know. Listen to Lee's big house tunes yeah. and throw yourself about. No, but you do. You do the things, obviously, you start off so... 
the first the first bit of it's you you're warming up. You do first few tracks warming up, getting your heart rate going. Okay. And then it there's like two um, sets of thirty minutes. So obviously towards the end of the thirty minutes, you're doing these these tunes and these moves where you're proper blowing. Right. So then you get a two minutes rest, and then obviously you, you're thankful for that rest, and then you do another thirty minutes where it takes it up again. Yeah, yeah. And you just course. jumping about and just yeah, proper getting your heart rate going. It's like I said, anybody who's never done it, they need uh, they need to give it a blast. It's quality. My my big fear about going there is I would just revert to type and go and find a bottle of Budweiser and stand in the corner of the room nodding my head, <laughs> trying to act cool instead of throwing shapes about. Uh, obviously, the timing couldn't be any better this week of, of getting you in the show. Um, not only Triple G versus Canelo, obviously fighting this Saturday night, which again I want to get plenty of uh, plenty of insight from you later on. But of course, your book is now a real thing. We've been able to pre-order it for about a year, but yeah. it's now a physical thing we can hold in our hands. And you've got the first uh, the first public signing this Friday in St. Helens. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's been on pre-order on Amazon because we've kind of I first started this with with Paul Zanon, the author, in 2015. It's so over three years. Wow. So obviously we was go we started and then we've just gone from basically just not my life going up and then we go through everything and then it was before the Abraham fight, so uh, which was it was two thousand fifteen wasn't it that yep. yeah end of two fifteen, so we originally got talked to him after the Glovkin fight and then the Abraham fight come up and we thought well we Hold we can finish it all right okay. on, yeah we could, you can do it and then finish it on a world title obviously it didn't work out and then the Gross fight was coming up and. You know, it's kind of like everybody was writing me off there and we could have finished it there, but then obviously I've just kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, and then the Billy Joe Saunders fight come up. It got cancelled and then it come up again. So we've had to just prolong the book and then it got to the stage where we can't prolong it anymore. Yeah, we could course. just be waiting forever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we, was, we was holding off for the Billy Joe Saunders fight. That didn't work out. And then we got the uh, that Garcia fight. And we just finished it there, so you know we 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 didn't want to ideally in an ideal world you know you finish on a world title which would have been great but we just thought now it's been long enough now we'll just get it done but you've been able to pre-order it now for Amazon for a long time and it's come up third of September and yeah. it's going really well I believe so it's going really well yeah from where I've, where I've... Uh, seen on Amazon I tried to order it on Amazon about two weeks ago and you couldn't order it you know it was on back yeah, order then so. yeah that's it it's gone, it's gone to reprint I believe yeah so, so uh, I've got the first book signing since Ellen's on Friday and I know that they're getting a lot of books sorted for them so I know it's de definitely available in the next couple of days brilliant the book is called Sinner and Saint the inspirational story of Martin Murray uh, written with Paul obviously Paul himself brilliant boxing writer anyway yeah, anyone yeah. that follows boxing monthly or you know I think he writes for the, is it the star he writes for or a couple of yeah, others yeah yeah I know I know he's got quite a few yeah he's very good boxing like, writer yeah. very good did, did Paul approach you on and was there other writers who were kind of jostling to do no, it or? Well, well, well basically um, I spoke with Paul about a year previous when I spoke to him about Jamie's book obviously he wrote Jamie Moore's book yeah. he's a good friend of mine and obviously now my coach and I spoke to him about it and I just said I said you know I might look at getting me own done one day and then he's like well let me know and obviously I met him and a good friend of mine Marty Blondell who he's, he's um, he runs the Sea Prescott Foundation he's he obviously I spoke with him he's a very clued up guy and I spoke with him about because I, I didn't have a clue about box and he was telling me ask him this question ask him that question so I sat down at a meeting with him and 
I asked him these questions and everything Paul was saying, he just sounded right. Yeah. And obviously I've got to know him over the past couple of years and he's, he's, he's a real, real genuine, nice fella. So yeah, I mean, I didn't really go approaching anybody. I was happy with Paul and the the way the feedback I'm getting from the way the book's been wrote has been brilliant. So obviously I'm really happy that that I decided to stay with Paul and not look elsewhere. Of course, yeah. I'm so excited to read it. As I say, obviously I've got a, I've probably got a better understanding of your background than most following from following you through the ABAs. But um, when I seen the synopsis for the book and it was like four prison sentences, I was thinking, hey. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, Even yeah. I didn't know that story. Now, anyone looking in now, any fan of Martin Murray, any boxing fan, probably you know knows enough to know that you're St. Helens golden boy, you four for four world titles, you're an absolutely obsessed family man, you know everything else. You're one of the nicest fellas on the circuit, but people don't seem to realise that you know when you were a, when you were a young man, you were, you were obviously a bit of a rogue. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of bit of a wrong, and you could you could say, but. Um... Yeah, obviously, I kind of when I when when I when I turned over, I kind of um, wanted to just really put that behind me because um, I've you know I've never I've never been I've never been an, a, a nasty person. I've just got caught up in stuff, and yeah. I've you know I I've always been like like a de- decent guy, and I've had a decent upbringing. But they just because uh, there come a time in my life where I was kind of like lost my way a little bit, and then got into the um, got into the like reputational losing my way a little bit and thought that was kind of like a good thing. Yeah. And then it kind of coincided with me being fed up with everything in my life and then meeting my wife and I just decided that, you know, I just wanted I wanted to change my life because I, I knew the way the way the lifestyle I was living. Um just you know, going out all the time, partying, um fighting a lot. Um it was just a, a bad, a bad lifestyle where I thought, you know, I'm just going to end up like in jail, yeah, um, forever, forever, mm-hmm. um, or or dead, or or you know, you just don't know. And I just didn't like the way my lifestyle was going, so I just decided that enough was enough. And luckily, I'd I'd kind of um, done decent. I'd, I'd always been okay at boxing, and I kind of went back to the only thing where. I knew where I could kind of potentially go somewhere with my life, so just obviously just got got out of jail for the final time and really knuckled down. You know, I went to John Lyon at Wigan ABC because the year before me, um, my lifelong mentor and boxing trainer John Chisnall had died in two thousand and five, yeah. while I was in Walton Jail, and 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 this is that's some guilt that I'd never be able to get rid of. That you know, even now the fact that I couldn't go with funeral, so I uh, come got out and I went to John Lyon from, you know, my last prison sentence in 2006 and I just said to John, listen, I'd known John for years, like, you know, and I just said, John, I need, um, I need, I need something, I don't matter, I need, I need your help and John Lyon, absolute legend of a bloke, you know, legend of St. Helens. Yeah. He'd, uh, he just said, listen, no problem, I'll help you out, come to the gym and he used to take me to the gym every morning, he used to go to the gym at night with him and that kind of like got the ball rolling in me, like, you know, turning my life around and, and uh, just me starting my career, me me career properly in boxing. So it was kind of the death of John that finally was like the, the final straw when you were sitting in the prison cell and you thought, "Where's my life going here?" Or, yeah, or for a while it, were you thinking, "Once I sort <clears throat> myself out, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take well, pro." Yeah, well, in, in 2005, like when I, when I was doing 
uh, that 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 sentence in Walton, like John died, um, and my mum's mum died, me me mother, mm-hmm. and it, it's unless you've ever been there and you, you you've dealt with them type of situations. Your it, grandmother, it, sorry. Yeah, my grandmother. Yeah, yeah, me yeah, my mum's woman, and it, it's um, obviously when you. I mean, it, it, it's it's hard anyway. Mm-hmm. I suppose. I mean, you, you obviously you, you do you make the best of a bad situation. You you, you do you do have a laugh. You meet some of top lads, um, but unless anything like that's ever happened to you, and it it hit me hard. So, um, but even when I got out, then I still I still didn't change. You know, I, I was still. I was still, um, I was st- still had a bit of attitude about me work, um, and I suppose I, you know, I kind of grew out of that away, yeah. but um, you know, I still ended up scrapping again. Um, I say scrapping because basically that that's all it was. It was just it was just stupid fights majority of times, and obviously that that was what got me me last sentence. But I, I, I did a runner from court. And I ended up, I was in Preston, and I ended up just uh, getting the plane over to Mali, and I was there for 12 weeks. And then uh, I had the time in my life, obviously, I'd, I'd met my now wife before I went. Yeah. But I had to go over because uh, I was on the run, basically, and then went over there and had uh, had time in my life, 12 weeks over there. Uh, great experience, but come back, and then, then I got nicked yeah. for the thing that was in Preston. But if you... I mean, it's too much detail to go into, but if but if you kind of like um, read my book, it explains your situation. And then I, I was lucky to get the, the the sentence that I did. Yeah, I only got sixty days, which was an absolute. Um, it, it was a miracle, really. Like the situation I was in before before all that, and I just kind of um, I only had to do thirty days, and I couldn't believe how happy I was in my cell in Preston. Just that that I got this like touch yeah. and I realised then that you know now, now's the chance if I don't do it now then that's I'll, I'll never do it so so it's kind of the leniency of of that case the fact that you only got a few weeks you kind of thought you know what I've dodged a bullet here yeah a proper dodged a bullet yeah, yeah but like I said it coincided with me obviously having 12 weeks away um, doing something I'd always wanted to do having the time in my life over there but I'd, I'd, I'd met me Gemma beforehand and coming back and everything was just in place for me to just finally turn my life around and that yeah. that's um, kind of what I decided to do. I got straight back into boxing, took myself away from a lot of my friends, took myself out to my hometown. Um, you know, I went living in Wigan and just really just knuckled down and, you know, started, I, I think he had four or five amateur fights with John and then I signed over with Steve Wood, who's Gemma still used now, VIP. And you know, I, did, I was in no position to um, to bargain in what I could what I could have. You know, I I got a deal. It wasn't the best deal, but like I said, I was in no position to to bargain about what type of deal I was. So I started off in small old shows. You know, um, on on was not very Robin good Park, money. Wasn't it for your Robin debut? Robin Park, and... yeah, my first one. Yeah, so um, I think I got more money in commission off tickets than I did from the actual purse. But it's them type of things that. You know, they make you just knuckle down more and they just keep you motivated. And, you know, you see, I was watching the big fights on Teller. Yeah. It was Friday fight night back then and it was just inspiring. You know, I think every every kid starting out boxing, they want to be on Teller. Yeah, they do. Of course. They watch the, the, you grow up watching the boxing on the Teller and they're like, it was for me, I'm, I'm going to be there one day. 
and that's what he used to tell Jim, I'm going to be there one day. And that just kind of keeps you motivated and knuckled down. And obviously with um, just just with keeping your head down and hard work, it kind of things have just got, got better and better. Absolutely. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'm joined in the studio by the one and only Martin Murray. Uh, we're going to continue this chat in part two, how he went from inmate to multiple-time world title challenger. Stay with us. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'm delighted to say I'm still joined in the studio by the one and only Martin Murray, sinner and saint. The book is available now. Check it out over on Amazon. And if you're in St. Helens this week, check out Martin's social media because he is doing a book signing uh, on home turf on Friday. And then there's some to come in Wigan and Liverpool as yeah, well. Yeah, there's Warrington on Saturday. Brilliant. So we've got St. Friday, Warrington, Saturday. And then... Um, yeah, we just got to get back to them with dates for Wigan. Yeah. No, I think Wigan's the 28th, I think. But I know all the 29th. It's Saturday the 29th, is it? From the sounds of it, Mark. You yeah. Have, I, you shouldn't have had that last fight. <laughs> <laughs> you can't remember going, the I'm going worse. But I think, um, well, I know Jamie's up for training with you, isn't he? Of course he is, yeah, yeah. So... He'll be pl- the first ever one to go fight of the year, train of the year. First yeah, time it's ever been that's nominated. It, yeah, yeah. So um, we're all planning a night down there for that. Absolutely. So I've just got to work on um, times getting back and whether I can do the uh, 28th or 29th. Um, but yeah, obviously, waiting for Liverpool, Manchester, just dates for that. So as soon as, soon as uh, I've got them, I'll yeah, follow them on social media. On social media yeah, you'll, you'll catch up with all that. I'll actually come back to Jamie a little bit later on. But one question I want to ask you what was. What was the tipping point then that saved you from that life that made you go, you know what, that's not for me, that I'm moving I'm moving on with my life and maturing. Was it the boxing ring or was it Gemma or was it both? No, it wasn't the boxing ring because um, kind of obviously I'd, I'd met Gemma but yeah. I still was kind of doing what I was doing and then when I got back from Malia when I was there for 12 weeks, she just sat me down. Gemma's like quite quiet really, quite shy. She obviously, she, she's not now. But, uh, but uh, when I first met her, she was quite quiet and shy. And then she just kind of like sat me down when I got back from, uh, was it from Malaga or when I got out that last time? Yeah. And she just really just sat me down and just said, listen, you really need to sort your out. Um, and she kind of like gave me a bit of a bollocking, um, which I thought I've never heard of like this before. But um, it, it wasn't just only that, it, I was just fed up. Yeah. I was just, I was just fed up, you know. I, I went through a stage of taking drugs a lot. Mm-hmm. It's all like, obviously, it's all documented in my book, and I, I did. I went through a, a stage of taking a, a lot of recreational drugs, you know. Just, I was more addicted to the, not, not, not to the drug, but to the scene. Yeah, the social aspect. Of yeah, it. the social aspect of it, you know. I, I did a lot of clubbing, you know, um, Wigan P and Maxine's, you know, clubs like Monroe's, uh, cricketers, all like. This rave scene clubs back in the day, you know, I I I used to do a lot, lot of um, lot of partying, and it just got to a stage where I was I was just fed up of it. Yeah, it was, and you know, it was like just when 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 you're in a cell, obviously you do you do have you you know you have, you have some laughs. You've got to make the best of a bad situation, but. You just think it's just not worth it. It's not. And I think the first time, the the, the first sentence I got, um, I, I got locked up in Cyprus when I was 18. Mm-hmm. I got nicked over there and I went, I'd just been back, visited the jail. I was over in Cyprus a couple of months ago. And 
I fellas got a gym in Nicosia who contacted me, private message me on Instagram and he said, will you come over and see the gym? And I went, yeah, like Nicosia and Paphos, it's like two hours apart. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming Nicosia anyway. He said, what are you coming for? I said, well, I was in this jail like years ago. I want to want to come and take a look. And it turns out he's like knew the head screw in there who kind of like got me like a pass foot going. And I mean, I didn't meet any of the prisoners, but I went, I got inside through security, take him around the jail. So it was like a really surreal, yeah. but, 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 great experience for me you know it's kind of like closure yeah it was just yeah definitely closure um but it just just kind of like it's only like at them type of moments where can you really just just realize how far i've come and how much my life has changed and it was kind of it was kind of like I said, just getting fed up with the uh, everything that was happening and and just just me wanting just a different different life but but a life in a in a more positive way you know instead of like everything just being negative all the time yeah like i said i bought into that um you know the first sentence i got when i went uh cyprus i come back and you know i kind of like bought into having a bit of reputation yeah you wore it like a badge of honor that's really. a badge of, of honor yeah and Whereas then now obviously you're embarrassed about emba- it but... massively embarrassed so when i turned pro i kind of put them things completely behind me and i kept them quite quite sheltered and even now there's there's a there's a thing in, in my book where I'm really embarrassed about I'll never be able to share that embarrassment but the like the only two people who's bothered about reading my book was Gemma's mum mm-hmm. and Gemma's nan who have never ever judged me yeah. obviously Gemma's stepdad Pete's a very good friend of mine so I know he's like just just one at lads like but Gemma's mum and Gemma's nan yeah. they've never ever judged me ever and they've kind of known that I've kind of they don't know exactly to the extent I was aware, but they've kind they've never judged me. And but they was the only two people I was bothered about reading the book. And you know, I think last week Gemma's now I give give them both a copy. Yeah. And Gemma's nan sent me sent me a card just congratulating me on obviously how much you turned Amazing. turned my life around. And that again, that was kind of like a bit of closure for me. And it's only like when you get little things that happen to that, you kind of like understand and realise how much, you know, things things have changed. Yeah, of course. Um, obviously, you turned pro, 2007, Robin Park, as we mentioned, but it was kind of like prize fighter when you won prize fighter when things really started building some momentum. Yeah, yeah. You know, British title came shortly afterwards. At, yeah. at that stage in your life, were you still, you know, did you still have those distractions? Had you closed the door on closed everybody door. In, that, in that world? Completely closed and, and the door. And did the people in that world as well, did they let you walk away? I know that sounds uh, weird, but often people say, oh, I got dragged back in so easy. P- people, always, people always ask me, um, you know, say if you're a boxing show and, and like the mum and dad would bring the uh, the kid over and, you know, what what advice would you would you give give him? And my advice is just listen to the people who love you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You might, you might, you know, you might have friends who, who who love you, but a lot of friends only love you for their own selfish needs. So as soon as I stopped going out, as soon as I stopped partying, I lost a lot of my so-called friends because I changed changed my lifestyle and changed my scene. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So um, I, compl- I I did I, I did lose a lot of a lot of people then, but you know they wasn't they wasn't really my friends and. You know the people who who are my friends with the people who basically want you to do well. When, so obviously I I kind of backdoored it and yeah. just completely shut off. And you know I kind of I think I had did he have 
eight fights coming to prize fights that I can't, I can't remember now, but um, obviously I was undefeated. I would think, like, I was fighting, I was a middleweight when I've been middleweight on my career, but I was fighting, like, guys 13 and a half stone. I think me and Bellew fought the same lad on our debut, I think. <laughs> Do you, you know what I mean? Jamie Ambler. Jamie Ambler, yeah. <laughs> so I think that kind of, like, like, you know, people can understand the type of people I was fighting starting off. Um, Is that why you jumped a prize fighter? Because you knew oh, all I, these guys are going to be my weight class. Yeah, and also it was it it, it was competitive fights. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was going to be competitive, and that was kind of my problem before that. I was fighting journeymen, which is a process everybody's got to go through. You've got to learn the trade and learn the game. But I wanted people who were going to try and win yeah. against me, and also it was the thing of um, the exposure. Mm-hmm. I needed that platform just to kind of get my name out there. And that was my first first proper one, um, you know. I just I didn't obviously the the money. I think it was I think it was twenty five grand back then. Yeah, yeah. And I'd been literally fighting for pennies, and you know, we just Gemma was pregnant with our November November. Archie was three months old. When was it? it was November two thousand and eight, wasn't it? Two thousand eight. Yeah. Yeah, November. Yeah, and um, our Archie was three months old, and. Someone said to me, "Corner, like I did it just to win." Yeah, and I was that's all I wanted to do. I wasn't bothered about the one. I did it just to win. That was it. And then someone said to me, "Corner, you've won twenty five grand." And I, was, I couldn't believe it. Like, like, wow, yeah, yeah, I was, I was absolutely <laughs> buzzing. So obviously, got the money, uh, money from that, uh, and Gemma had a bit of money that um, a nan had left her, and we just whacked it down on our first house and. Obviously, it was uh, you know good 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 times. Yeah. When you think of it, like it, there was hard times, but there was the, you know the, the, the best were of good times. times. Well. That's it, yeah. Of course, with the good old days back then as well. You know, were you were you going to gym? Were you chatting to Gemma, going, "I'm going to win a world title. I'm going to do this." You know, were, you, were your ambitions big straight away? Oh, definitely, yeah. But I, I've kind of i've I've always been I've always been realistic of the the sport and 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 the, you know boxing the game of boxing how it is and the politics of it so me like me first like when I was a kid growing up and watching the boxing as an amateur like the the, the British title was massive yeah yeah back in the day it was you know it was such a prestigious belt and it you know I used to watch Jamie I used to love watching Jamie more before I knew him I did I've always been a big fan of Jamie Inside and outside the ring, you know, getting to know him, he's just an absolute legend of a uh, legend of a bloke, and yeah. it was a big thing winning me for me when it British title. So it was one of me only ambition. Like I remember on the prize fight, we had to go down with the Sky Studios. We was filming it, and um, we used to have writing in your ambitions down, and I, th- I think two of my three ambitions, yeah, right three. One of them was um, fight at Saints, mm-hmm. which is still kind of there. It still can happen, but it's always been a it's always been a dream and ambition of mine. And what and one of them was just like win the British title. And there was people there who was doing it. Was all doing it together. Everybody you fought. We did the production of of the you know the the show that they do before um, you know promoting it. And there was people on it who was like win a win a world title. Yeah, and. No disrespect, he was never ever gonna gonna win a world title. Of course, you know what I mean. I know, obviously, you you got to dream big, yeah. but I think you've got to be realistic as well. Absolutely. And like I said, I know what the game of boxing was like, so it was me just like win a British title, fight at Saints. I've still not fought at Saints, but I'm still it's still motivating me. 
you know, and inspiring me to get there and do it. But um, but but that was it. So obviously, um, I I did have dreams, and I knew that I obviously wanted to win a world title, but I wanted to be realistic. So it was win the British title, and then obviously. Once you win that, you, you set your goals a bit higher then. You just set your goals higher. And obviously now for me, it's definitely winning a world title being so close time before. And I know I'm, you know, I, I, I boxed a middleweight, super middleweight. And, you know, I look at people like George Groves, who's won it on his fourth attempts and who's like one of the best super middleweights in the world. And, you know, I fought, fought him. I fought the best at middleweight and... You know, I've, I've, I'm I'm doing all right. You know, I'm I'm kind of like world class in, in in both divisions, and I know like the right the the right fight at the right time. You know, right place. I know we can definitely be world champions. So I've still got them uh, ambitions and dreams. Does it does it pain you as it pains your fans, of which I'm one, that you've won two world title fights and not, never got the belts anyway? Because uh, that still annoys me. Stam annoys yeah. me. It annoys me when I think about the yeah, Stam um, fight. You know what it doesn't. Doesn't you've kind of you've you've you've, you've yeah it it it, it doesn't when you were going to Germany you know obviously you were, you were newly crowned newly minted British champion the world title fight comes straight afterwards Felix Sturm in Germany you go over there and you know the big joke at the time not necessarily now because there's no belt in Germany anymore but the big joke at the time was you, you need to go over there and you need a knockout to score yeah. a draw well you didn't quite knock him out but you punched them from pillar to post yeah, and you still yeah. got a draw I know it was. Um... Yeah, you know, obviously it didn't bother me then. Um, you know, the 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 the, the Martinez one, it didn't bother me. Yeah. Um, I See, think... the Martinez was slightly different because when you go into Argentina, I was like, okay, Martin's going to Argentina to fight the best middleweight on the planet, one of the best middleweights of all time. Potentially, you know, a lot of people were saying at the time, pound for pound, the best boxer on the planet in Sergio yeah. Martinez. And I was thinking, you know what, Martin will go and give it a good old go. Yeah, yeah. And you never know. And then I'm watching it and I'm thinking, Martin Murray has beaten the best boxer on the planet right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. That was amazing. That performance was just amazing. And then when you didn't get the decision there, yeah. I, I nearly smashed the telly up. I know, I know. But um When you were out in Argentina, what was that experience like? Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, ne- ne- never get topped. Just of course. yeah. Just one of them things. Obviously, um, you know, when I fought Golovkin, it was Monte Carlo and you know, I'm just a Normal lad from St. Helens, you know, from from a Compton estate. So the fact that I'm topping Bill against a legend like Golovkin in Monte Carlo, yeah. you know, it's it, it, very very surreal. <laughs> but um, and obviously the big build up to it and everything about it. But um, the Martinez fight was was something else. Well, he was like David Beckham. Then, you know what I mean? He was a he god. Was like obviously, a they did they did the sports awards and he got one and Messi got two. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So he was like they had like a channel just committed to showing him and his fights and his life he was he was a legend so um were you surprised the, how well you did against them at the time were you like hey, i'm beating him here obviously um, you went out there to win of course of course you went yeah. out there to win you'd seen you'd obviously you'd looked at him and thought i can beat this guy yeah. you went out there and you, did, you we, did beat him yeah fair play oliver just got the tactics bang on perfect they just just got him bang on um and we just 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 went through it, you know. We worked a lot on the tactics, and we put a lot of time in it. And it just, it just, it just went, clicked. went clicked. It went right, but it didn't. Yeah. Um, and I remember starting off. I think I've told you about this before. And obviously, they, they, they were lovely, you know, in the build up to it. But when I got there on on the, the actual night, obviously there was all, a lot of them together, and you know, and it was very very hostile. But 
it was dead loud. And then I remember, I think of about round about six or seven or eight, I think it might have been when I put him down. It just like went really, really quiet. <laughs> like, oh, quickly Let's quiet. get our coats quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of had a feeling, you know, it wasn't going right and the upset was was on. Mm. But um, but I knew before, and if it, if that final bell went, I was never going to get the decision. So I can't, I can't, I kind of know. Obviously, it, it is. If if you look back and you really like look into it, and you think, it, you know what, it, it does get get me back up a little bit. But I look at it. One, it, it's always a lesson. You know, never a loss. And not only that, I've. Going back to my life, what it was before, you know, before now, and obviously what I've got, yeah. you know, my family have got, my wife, my three amazing kids, my mum and dad still alive, all my, fa- you know what I mean? I've I've got every reason to be happy. Of course. So there's no point just 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 crying over spilt milk. You've just got to get on with it, haven't you? And that that's just my take on it, basically. I love it. Stay positive about it. Coming up in part three, we ask Martin obviously about that Golovkin fight, uh, and then we're also going to cut, uh, preview Triple G Canelo two, which is coming on Saturday night. Stick with us. You're also listen- you're listening to Fight Disciples. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Joined in the studio still by the one and only Martin Murray, and we're going to talk about Gol- Golovkin versus Canelo two, which is coming up this weekend. But first of all, matey, can we? Can I ask you then the, the one question? And I th- you know, from the outside looking in, you would guess the answer. But is is Golovkin the best you've ever shared the ring with? Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, I mean, the the thing. I mean, a lot of people ask me about Golovkin. Uh, the, the thing about Golovkin is he's he's good at everything. Yeah. There's nothing that he's not good at. You know, he's uh sets a shot well, gives on well his range, his distance, the way he moves you out the ring, the pressure, his fitness, his his variety, which was the thing that surprised me most about him, the variety. Um just the way he opened me up, you know what I mean? Uh, Martinez, Sturm, Groves, Abraham never opened me up the way the way he did. And his variety got surprised me the most with him, but he's um when you say opened you up, do you mean set traps for you, or do you yeah, mean... just 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 every, every, everything about it. Obviously, just because oh, I've got a quite a good guard and yeah. my defence is good, but yeah. just the way he, he he worked me over inside, like I remember he hit me once with a little left uppercut, and there was no in it. But that was the thing with him; just he's in the right place at the right time, and it's just his it's just his range and his distance and his powers. Every shot, kind of like it, it's got a decent thud to it. Yeah. I mean, the person who worked me most with one shot was Groves. I think for a one-punch power, I think Groves it's harder. But the thing is with Golovkin, every every shot hurts. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Don't, don't hurt, but every shot you feel. And I remember he hit me once with this little left uppercut and there was no tinny. And he just hit, just popped it up and it caught me end of my nose. And it honestly it felt like he punched it back in my head. And he ripped it up. It felt like my nose had been ripped off my face. So then I thought... He's gonna go downstairs now because everybody gets sort up and round. Do you know what I mean? You lift him up and you you set him up upstairs and you Absolutely. go downstairs. So obviously, I thought he's gonna go downstairs now and bang same shot again, exactly the same same spot on my nose again. And then I went, he's definitely gonna go down now. Bang! I think he got me four times <laughs> <laughs> with the same shot. Um, and that's what surprised me most about him. Just the way like he, he opened me up. You know what I mean? And uh, he's like he's his distance and just everything about him. Like, you know, we he, the pressure can't keep him off you. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it it's disheartening. It's disheartening when somebody just on you all the time and you're hitting them with good shots. But look, look at look at when Canelo hit him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was watching a thing on Twitter um, the other, or Instagram um, the other day and it was showing you like Canelo when he did Kirkland with this shot, he did Calm with this shot and then he showed you the same shot with Glovkin. He just shrugged it off and it's... Um, it, it is this, everything about him is good, so it was it was by far the toughest fight in my life because I did not feel any chinks in his armor. The, the the only thing I felt was I thought as the fight was going on, yeah, towards the end, I thought he was. I, I might be a, a weird thing to say, but I felt like a little bit of desperation. From him, oh right, okay. Just the fact because don't forget he stopped everybody up until then. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that it was getting close to the to the final bell, I think Start I felt like his way, I yeah, like just a little bit. Yeah, and um, you know I I think with him going twelve now, obviously with Jacobs and Canelo, I don't think he'll make that mistake when he fights um, Canelo again. Fights Canelo, but that was the only time kind of little negative thing I uh, you know I felt from him in the fight, yeah. but just a. Uh, just a great fight. Again, I think I've told you this before, we worked on a lot of the left up to the body. And we worked on just riding it and taking the sting out of it. Just a little step to the side. And he landed. He didn't land me with that shot um, all fight. And he was trying it a few few of the times in the fight. And I don't mind. I like having a little chat with people when I talk, when I'm fighting. You know, just saying a little one-liner. I remember him throwing the shot and he was trying to nail me with it. And he couldn't nail me with it. Yeah. And I was just riding it. After a bit, and he was trying to land it, and I remember, I remember dropping my guard. I was going, what, what was that? And he tried landing, but I dropped my guard, and then out of nowhere, he just swooped round with this. I don't know if it was after I spoke to him the first time, or whether I spoke to him just before he came with the shot. But he just he got onto the fact that I was moving round a step aside, and he just threw this big right right hand, which he did at sea, but it was just like he had a big arm, like an orangutan, where it just come round. And Who it, was that? Uh, yeah, and I just did, honestly said that. I only seen the shot obviously when it was when I've looked look, looked at the fight telly? back. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, he hit me with that shot and it just kind of just you know, when they said it takes the wind out your sails, that's the only time where I've really had the wind taken out my sails and it just proper just took me took me down, just completely took me out of the game. The obviously you mentioned earlier the, the Martinez fight, uh Oliver got the tactics absolutely spot on. You obviously had tactics heading into the Golovkin fight. Is, yeah. it, is it that you just couldn't get your game could, plan could, yeah. off? Couldn't, they couldn't get him. No, I think the way you beat Golovkin is all sense of the ring and pushing back. Wow. I think that's that, a brave man does that. That's it. I, I don't think, and the thing is, I don't think there's any middleweight out there who can do it. Yeah. That's the problem. Maybe as you know, time goes on and you know he gets a bit older. Maybe, but um, that's that that what that what our tactic was. All sent to the ring and pushing back. And for the first couple of rounds, we was only sent to the ring. But then he just started just getting on top. You know, the combination of pressure just he just get gets you yeah. and just gets on you. And I, I think that is the way you beat him. But it's easier easier said than done. It's who's capable of doing that. Exactly. Obviously Canelo in the first fight, um, started well, first couple of rounds. Yeah. Uh was counting really nice, slipping shots, but then it looked like when you watch the first fight back, it looks like Golovkin changes his tactics. He, he kind of steps it up a notch, goes yeah. up, goes up a gear, yeah. and that for me dominates the, pretty much the rest of the fight. Canelo at the end, come on, yeah. but you know he dominates the rest of the fight. Yeah. Can Canelo do anything then this weekend to turn it around? Um, I, I don't think he can. Um, 
I don't think he can. I mean, you know, I've got a, I've got even though he is a drug scene, and you know that he is. Yeah, absolutely. A, a, absolutely, he hey, is. Um, if you if and, listen to our podcast to get our way of thinking on that, I'm sure. But I, I agree with you 100. percent I mean, for the good I've of Watson, we want Triple G to win. But even though he is, I have kind of got a little respect for him. I mean, I've lost it a bit because I don't know. Maybe he was on the drugs back then when he fought him because I know I've seen pictures of him just recently this time at the weigh-in before yeah. the fight and last time he and they look massive. like yeah they look like two different people yeah. um, so maybe he was on it then he's not on it now I know they've just passed the uh, the, the VADA test haven't they they're the, yeah. the, the both, the both clean but um, he's I I, I had got to respect him a little bit just to being in there for, tr- for 12 rounds with him because I know how hard it is mm-hmm. but like I said was he was he on tackle then uh, you know the gear. I don't know what it does. Does it make you fitter, take a shot better, it's harder? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, or is, some, or is some, it just psychological? Or psychological? Yeah. You know, I, that's what it was with me going into the fight. I thought that a lot of people. I thought he had the, uh, you know, the the Mike Tyson kind of effects on him, where he, people were getting beat before yeah. before they got in with him, and that was kind of a big thing with me. You know, not falling into that. So um, I was not beat whatsoever. Um, when I got in there with it. And even when he had me down, he had me hurt. I was in the corner. I was just thinking, this is this is just what's going to happen. But you are going to win. Yeah, yeah. You've just got to, you know, you've got to get over these bad times for have the best night of your life. And that's what I was thinking. But, um, but I've, I've, like, you, you, you don't know, was he on all the drugs back then? I mean, yeah. you'd think the size different, you'd think so. Course, but um, but I, I just think this time I just think he's uh, and you know what I think maybe Golovkin might have overlooked him a little bit. I know first he's obviously time. the first time. I know yeah. he's an elite fighter, but maybe he was thinking obviously he's a light middleweight. He's coming up, I'm smashing all these big middleweights. Yeah, it, maybe he overlooked him a little bit this time. I, I don't think he will, and I think he's just gonna. I think he's really gonna um, put, to yeah put on a put on a good show. I, I think Canelo. Proved the first time around. I know. I know. Obviously, it was ultimately scored a majority draw, but only because of that shocking card that was in there. But I think Canelo thought he could win it off the back foot when clearly it was shown that he can't win it off the back yeah. foot. So at some point, Canelo's got to come forward. And when you He's come forward him. against Golovkin, that looks like when Golovkin's at his most dangerous. Yeah. Well, I think obviously, um, just when he fought that Lemieux, obviously that's the way he fought, and he can punch him. You know, I think. Um, stylistically, he's not the best, but he's a, he's a big puncher, and he he did the same with him, didn't he? I think obviously, Curtis Stevens tried it with him, and you just meet him fire with fire. Then and I think he's um, I won't say he's at his most dangerous because I think he's at his most dangerous when he's got when he's got you on the back foot. But I think, like I said, I think the way you beat him is you you, you cannot beat him off off the back foot unless. I thought when he fought Danny Jacobs, I thought when yeah. Danny Jacobs went to Southpaw, yeah. I thought he struggled a bit. He did, yeah. Now maybe if you fight an elite fighter, someone like Ward, who's a Southpaw, who can, you know, who's that clever, maybe yeah. then he could get beat off the back foot of a Southpaw. Yeah, as well. I, exactly. But I don't think someone like Canelo, who's an elite fighter, can can beat him off the back foot. I just, I just don't think you can. You've got to push him forward on all sense of the ring. And and. She, for the good of boxing, we need Triple G to win, don't yeah, we? Yeah, of course you do. You know, yeah, I mean, I thought I thought the first fight was an, was an absolute belter. I yeah. did. I, re- I really enjoyed it. Obviously, we know what's gone on since with Canelo, so kind of takes the shine off it a little bit. 
But uh, yeah, it was out of order. I thought, you know, I thought um, such a big fight on such a massive stage. I thought they should have given it Golovkin. He, he, he deserved to get it. Um, but the good thing is we kind of like get to see the fight again. Yeah. So I just um, I just thought right for like Golovkin gets it this time. Yeah. And um, he goes on and puts on a big show. How much, how, many, how much more do you think we've got in Golovkin? Do you think we'll see him around for many more fights after this? Um, I'd like to see the, the... I think Jacobs deserves a rematch. I'd like to see that. Yeah, yeah I, so, so do I. I mean, he never won the fight, um, but he, he caused him problems. Yeah, I, th- I thought Jacobs' corner uh, in that fight was absolutely unbelievable. Mm. You know, I thought they kept him in the... I thought his corner work was, uh, you know, was was absolutely unreal. And I was listening to what they were saying and they were good. Um, but like I said, I didn't think he won the fight. But I think why not give him a rematch? He's fighting this. Um, who's the Ukrainian? He's fighting. Oh yeah, uh, Jacobs. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, what's his name now? But he, he's writing. You know, he's still in the mix. He's still right there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. still there. He's a top fighter, and you, you've got to, you know, you've got to admire and respect someone like that coming back from where he come back from. Do you know what I mean? And and getting to where he is. So. So yeah, I think he deserves he deserves the rematch, but I'm not sure whether obviously Golovkin will go back there. I th- you know, I, I know for a fact that he wanted to unify the division. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a little bit further away from now with the fact that he's been stripped of the IBF. Jacobs is fighting for it. Yeah. Um, Billy Joe Saunders, he's got a, a, a tough fight. Maybe fight this Andrade. Well, if he beats Billy Joe Saunders, um, may, maybe fight him or fight Billy Joe. Whoever wins the, what I'm trying to say is whoever wins the WBO belt, yeah, fight them just to prove that he could have been. He could have had. He could, yeah, he could have unified. Maybe, maybe, maybe just do that. But I think, um, I think he'll look at stepping up after after uh, this fight. Delevyanchenko, he's fighting. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, for the the now vacant IBF. Oh, you think we might see Golovkin up at super middle? Just, just as a bit of a swan song, just to see if he can add a world title there before he walks away. Yeah. I th- I, he's absolutely smashed it m- money wise. Um, he's 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 a modern day legend. Um, may, maybe who knows? Maybe go up there and just beat a beat a super middleweight world champion if you know if he can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I, th- I think he'll definitely move up before before he retires. Before he hangs them yeah. Up. What about the situation with yourself then? You said you're waiting on a date at the moment. Well, Obviously, yeah, you're, you're, you're phone call away from a, from another world title fight. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm looking at like November, December now. So um, I'm number two at WBC. One more defence of that title I won in my last fight. I'm mandatory, I believe, for Golovkin and Canelo. Yeah. So I could, uh, obviously, I could end up fighting Golovkin again. Or oh, I just could say, end can, up fighting Canelo. Well, exactly, yeah. Even if Golovkin wins this weekend and, you know, he goes off to fight Billy Joe Saunders or whatever, as you say, within two fights time, probably this time next year, you'd expect them to be maybe having that swan song up at super middle and then suddenly the WBC belt well, is vacant. Go. Yeah, so. that's it. And I think it's boxing, boxing's a mad sport where, you know, it can just change from day to day. And the fact where, obviously, Golovkin got stripped, it does open things up for, obviously... Like you said, Jacob's fighting Derevchenko now, and then Billy Joe Sauna's got a tough fight in his his next fight, which he hope he wins, by the way, because obviously I prefer a, a British lad to to win over an American. Prefer, even even after all that's gone on, yeah, even after all that, obviously I, I was two I, two full camps pretty much that. You I know. Did. I mean, I was obviously I was fuming at the time, yeah, uh, because just 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 be honest with me, 
Do you know what I mean? Just, just, just let you, me know. You're the I, I won't more if he'd have rang and yeah. gone, listen. Well, go, there you go. The Golovkin contract is is in front of me, and I want to blame it. I, you know what? You know what I mean? I don't. Um, I, I want to blame him at all, and I said, you know what? Fair play, good luck to you. Yeah. But you know, cancellation so late, and you know, finding out that you weren't even in the gym and stuff like that. But you know, I, I obviously was a little bit bitter about it, and you know, I was upset about it because I took. Myself, I put I put my heart and soul into everything. I took myself away from my family, which is the biggest thing for me. Yeah. So that, but you know what? Everything happens for the reason, and I, you know, I, I do, I do hope he wins. Even though all that happens, I've, I've got, I've got notes against him. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Re, really, I've got, I've got notes against him. And it'd be nice to have that one, though, wouldn't it? Of course, just it after would, yeah. what's happened, yeah, of nice course it would. Go, yeah, imagine yeah. And you know off. what? This is the thing. Obviously, if he goes over there and does the job, which mm. he's got an hard fight, but if he does. It's still, it realistically can still happen. Yeah. So you know what I mean. That that is as well partly why why I want him to come and do it as well. Yeah. If you could, if you could handpick any champion just to finish off with, just to beat for that world title. And if you win the world title, I've got to ask you, would that be the moment when you went, "That's me done." That fight sense. Then you'd go, okay. Yeah. I want yeah. to defend at St. Helens, and then I'm done. Yeah. That that that'd be definitely it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That'd be yeah. That's why I look at like uh, you know uh, Tony Bellew and. Think he, you know, what what he did at Everton there, and that's a dream. Right? It's inspiring to me. Like I said, even George Grove's been beat three times, raw tough comeback winning it, and take any type of um, inspiration from 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 anywhere. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that that'll be it definitely. It's mad looking back now. Same year you won your ABAs as when Bell you won. You won I know. Yeah, well, this is yeah me. Yeah, two thousand and four, wasn't it? Yeah, when we first started camps, Kevin, me and me and so on, a top lad made up for him. He is just a proper. Genuine lad, and you know the the fact that he's doing so well now, I'm, I'm over the moon for him. Well, listen, mate, you've had a hell of a career. It's been one hell of a journey. I've been there since that two two thousand and four ABA finals at Wembley. I remember it well. Um, you were a di- completely different lad then than what you are now, which obviously that's all down in the book. <laughs> if anyone wants to know more, pick up a copy of Sinner and Saint. It's available now via Amazon uh, or all good bookstores, or even better, check Martin on social media. And, uh, and pick one up at one of these signings coming up in the next few weeks. Thanks again for coming into the studio. No, I loved mate. it, mate. Thanks, Much appreciated. Mate. And uh, enjoy this next camp. And don't give up on the dream, that world title no, fight. I won't, mate. Oh, St. Helens still, uh, will yeah, be there. Definitely. You'll yeah. listen to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Catch up with us, too, across all social media at Fight Disciples. And our back catalogue is at fightdisciples.com. I'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.